0: You are listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast.
1: G'day and welcome to episode 21 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. We're here after the McLaren's Monza Masterpiece. That we've seen we got a little play on words for the title for today's episode uh, before we do begin i do want to get everyone to head back to episode 8 where we did our preseason predictions for this f1 2021 season go to about 25 minutes left in the episode and just just hit play and uh, let it play out for 30 seconds or so and you'll listen to a hot take that us uh, canadian f1 fans that talk like maybe we don't know much about the sport but We called the master class at Monza today. So, um, boys, sitting here the night after the race, everything's fresh in our minds. It's been an absolutely emotional and epic day. So, as always, I'm your host, Aaron. I'm here with my two co-hosts to my left. James, how we doing? Oh, fantastic after this morning that was phenomenal amazing another monza like emotional weekend that we just we're never going to forget these ones so mm-hmm. um yeah it's pretty exciting and Varun, you were uh
2: yeah recovering after last night a but little, little night out last night but i'm sure to you watch. are as well yeah yeah we but this morning certainly helped with that
1: so 100 percent. you get up have a coffee um and watch the race. i love sunday mornings even if you're a little hungover i, I said to james this morning <laughs> i'll never miss a formula one race i don't care how hungover i am I uh, love this sport so much, and today is the reason why you don't miss them because obviously we had so much to talk about um, when it comes to Monza. Just as we did last year, when it, in twenty twenty, we had. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on that briefly, boys. Like um, we obviously had last year, the really emotional, uh, kind of comeback kid story of Pierre Gasly taking home the uh, gifted. P1, I would say, like he had a a lot I'll of luck, a lot of luck happened, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, where he, he managed to pull off an amazing, amazing shock victory uh, last season. So, I mean, it just set the table for this season. Unfortunately, not for him. Uh, he didn't have as good of a weekend, but we have another shock victory. Uh, I'm sure everyone obviously has watched this race. If you're listening to the podcast and absolutely epic scenes uh, in Monza today, we had obviously Daniel Ricciardo pull off. A miracle that we we thought we wouldn't see this season after the the start he's had but he had the nice uh summer break and he was able to come back strong and pulls off a win in monza so uh i guess we'll start just kind of at the beginning of the weekend boys we obviously had sprint qualities again uh so we had an action-packed friday which i love Mm -hmm. especially when you're working from home and you can just throw the stream on and uh, get through your day a little quicker for sure um, so we had qualifications in the morning. I'm trying to think if there was anything crazy of note other than the fact that like Mercedes just looked very strong uh, on the Friday. Well, Valtteri taking pole. Well, the speed king. The speed. The speed king. The speed king. And pro. I mean,
0: Gasly was setting himself up for a but nice for sure uh, Monza to defend his yeah his champion or his his race win from last year, but yeah. then. That sprint race ended up screwing over, yeah. Yeah, screwing it, over in the long run.
1: I think um, a, a pretty good summary of Friday would be, you know, we saw a lot of the same uh, pecking order that we've seen for the last few races. But we saw the top two kind of flip uh, when it comes to outright pace. Like we definitely saw Mercedes had the edge uh, on Friday and uh, Red Bull was a little bit behind. Um, so, they were definitely kind of in catch-up mode with the less amount of practice time as well. So, they were really trying to find a good setup to take the fight to Mercedes.
2: Yeah, and we heard Max say that it would have been, like, unrealistic to expect a better result give, uh, than the P3 that he got yeah. on Friday. so Which we
1: haven't heard him say
2: no, exactly. since, like,
1: last season, right?
2: Yeah, so,
0: this, this track layout just suits Mercedes yeah. so yeah. well. So, they, they had their their idea going into the week they know where they sat and they converted where they expected to be so yeah exactly. they, he was happy with where that was
2: but, but it was just it was just interesting i guess next nice also to see Valtteri get the the p1 yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, certainly was. Love, love that, especially yeah. from the news, just getting
1: pigeon-tossed. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he capped before. off his weekend well, as we'll get to later. So. Yeah. yeah, he certainly did. He had a he had a strong weekend. I, you'd have to think maybe the pressure's off him a little bit now. He's got a, his future uh, plans set in stone. He's ready to take on a new project. So the pressure's off, really, for him for this the rest of the season. He's looking to obviously try to bring home the Constructors title with Lewis uh, and the rest of the Mercedes team. But he has... Uh, He looked very good this weekend, so he was obviously at P1 to start the sprint qualies. That was well, you know, Mercedes knew well that he would have to take engine penalties and start from the pit lane. So it was kind of, you know, I don't want to say like it was kind of like bittersweet, I guess, seeing when they saw him uh, qualify first but also it proved that they had the pace as well this weekend as james mentioned their their Mm -hmm. high rake was just really nice and um we were actually in a golf tournament on saturday so the Mm -hmm. the uh saturday morning here in canada is when the uh, sprint qualies were going on so we uh had a bluetooth speaker out on the course and we were uh watching the stream on our phones and then we had the like the sound playing through the bluetooth speaker so no one can question our our diehard diehard uh, nature that we have for the fans of this sport it's been I I literally just keep like shaking my head. The shit I do to watch F one and and the <laughs> stuff like that. Like this summer's been a busy summer and a lot of busy weekends, but I've always made time for it. And I know like you guys too. It's been it's been actually crazy how much this sport has taken over our yes. lives. Um, so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were out on the golf course to watch that. We kind of listened to it a little more, I would say, than watched it to begin with. But uh, we obviously had uh, Pierre crash out. Yeah, it's hard to putt when Crofty is just screaming, screaming like yeah. that. <laughs> it was a little hard to putt, and then obviously when you hear like front wing damage, oh, yellow flag, safety yeah. car, like A's you automatically, off. yeah, you automatically want to watch. And then we heard Lewis is down four positions, so yeah. um, there was a lot that went on there. Um, you know, we one thing I think that really uh, caught my eye about the sprint boys. I'll maybe get you guys each to think of one thing from the sprint was um like Checo Perez just not able to make really up much ground I thought he was maybe going to be able to make up some ground in mm-hmm. at least a couple positions going into the starting grid on Sunday um, and like Jovanazzi as well like keeping him back and being where he was uh, very impressive and as James mentioned last last week's podcast you know he's fighting for a job so yeah. um yeah do you guys have any highlights when it comes to the, the sprint race I know we rewatched it afterwards Is kind of Obviously short 18 laps, but...
0: Yeah, well, speaking of Checo and his (laughs) uh, situation you were saying, it's just this track, it's very deceiving how hard it truly is to overtake. And I definitely thought he was going to get at least a few more spots up. Mm -hmm. And the only spot he really... Or two spots he took was Gasly yeeting himself off the track. Yeah. And Valtteri having to go back... Back again, yeah. Because of his new engine. So, like, it, it was kind of shocking that he wasn't able to really, like, flex with his red bull and actually move up so yeah i was kind of hoping that he'd be farther up in the grid maybe like right behind the ferraris or maybe splitting them at best but he didn't even come close to that which was kind of shocking but like overall in the race yeah it was just lewis dropping off the start and he literally just lando had it it paid dividends today for his sunday race because he practiced keeping lewis behind for 18 laps in the mini race so he knew exactly what to do for today so yeah it it was a good uh good trial
1: run for for lando going in uh into the the real race for sure and uh Verne, I'll come over to you for this one and i think one of the, the highlights for me is when you think about the fact that they have the sprint race especially at a place like monza where turn one is so important mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about them being able to have like basically a practice race start like daniel ricardo was able to you could argue get in front of max quickly on sunday because he had a chance to like think about it on saturday And try to get up the grid a little bit Mm -hmm. where he he wasn't necessarily on the front row to start on saturday but just that ability to kind of like
2: practice it before Mm -hmm. you actually have the race what do you think do you think that would be a, a factor yeah for sure i think it's like especially like you said for a track like monza where the first chicane is so tight um i think i wasn't too surprised to see that a lot of the drivers were a bit like hesitant to overtake we didn't see a lot of overtaking during the sprint race and that's just because i think Part of it goes back to the drivers talking about and you don't you don't want to get damage in the sprint race obviously a few drivers did anyways we had a safety car um but yeah i agree like having the practice start was crucial for daniel today because uh he knew how to play the chicane obviously he was ahead once he got into it Mm -hmm. but for other drivers too like um being able to avoid damage we saw max and lewis come very close in that first chicane multiple times multiple (laughs) times but uh (laughs) well this one didn't end quite as catastrophically as the the latter but Mm-hmm. yeah it's i think it's it's good and i'm glad they chose Monza for um a circuit to do the second sprint qualifying yeah i agree i think like silverstone and Monza are
1: two of the best ones to do that kind of sprint sprint qualifying on and the the run up to the first turn like you said like picking a line is so crucial and you know uh spoiler alert but like picking lines going to turn one would be like a very big thing yeah with the outcome of this race and uh, you know the start is where everyone's just as close together so the fact that you know on the on the broadcast James and I were laughing that you know they said that Ricardo won the race when he did that overtake on lap one and that's definitely not the case he didn't win the race the race was won throughout the race with strategy and pit stops and teammate help and stuff like that but it doesn't also take away from the fact that that was very important yes. to get yes. through that turn and Pick the right line, and not to mention, get uh, Max is one of the ones that usually has a better start than anyone. So, yeah, to get ahead of him, uh, and it was, it's a guy with that hasn't necessarily had a lot of confidence off the starts, yeah, uh, this exactly. season. So, it was definitely instrumental for the win,
0: but they were saying that he flat out won it off that it was like check mark, yeah, yeah, done. Like, no, there, no. There, there was a lot of shit that yeah. had to get done for him to be standing on that uh top step of the podium. At no, the I end agree, of
2: the James, like exactly what you said. that. It's not like him uh, getting the lead off the start was uh, where he won the race, but I don't think he would have won had he not done that. Like, Or maybe he would have, but I think the chances would have been much lower and it would have been yes. way more difficult. Uh, I would argue that Max probably would have pulled off ahead of the pack a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, like
1: Daniel was holding him up a lot. So, I mean, a lot of marbles had to fall and... Yeah. Uh, dominoes had to fall the wrong ways in order for max and lewis to get out of this race to begin with um i don't think it was nearly as much of a gifted win as pierre's was last year like i think daniel at the end of the day like won this race on merit and there is still a chance he would have won the race even if max and lewis were still in it uh and i i fully believe Mm -hmm. that yeah uh, so I think that's that's really cool thing about this victory. And I think it makes it a little more impressive as well. Not that Piers wasn't impressive because he took an alpha towery to the top step of the podium, uh, which is absolutely epic. So, um, yeah, so I'm obviously, yeah, we talked about the start a little bit uh, of the race itself. Uh, we saw Lando as well have a really nice start. And basically what ended up happening was we saw McLarens for the first time this season, both of them fighting at the top, one of them leading the race, not the one we would have thought would be leading the race. Yeah, in, after the first Danny, half. <laughs> Danny Rick, after the first half of the season. But the defensive driving of Lando Norris has to be talked about as, you know, we're going to obviously talk about McLaren off the start because we we want to make sure we hit every... every uh, every um point here and d- the uh, Norris defensive maneuvers that he made not only on the first stint but like the second stint the whole race oh, pretty much second, the end... second stint was very long defensively no Lewis. Like, he came right out the pit well he had but he had to defend Perez in the end yeah. as well like the uh, his hard tires and Valtteri and Perez were behind him <laughs> yeah. so yeah definitely just absolutely epic um i i did mention to James while we were watching the race that we saw this kind of defensive driving last year when Uh, I believe it was actually in Monza when uh, Carlos was going for a podium and trying to get a win as well when he was trying to overtake Pierre and the defensive maneuvers that he was putting on cars that were a lot, in theory, a lot quicker uh, were really impressive. And then this year, seeing him do it with like the McLaren's package is really quick. We know that. Uh, like, it's not necessarily like a guarantee that he's going to get overtaken, but he's still putting his cars in the right spots. Mm-hmm. His, his maturity on the radio as well. Um, you know, we talked about him asking the question of, you know, should we swap first and second? He's obviously going to shoot his shot there <laughs> to see if he can get into the lead. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm really impressed about, with Lando today because he carried himself really well. His interviews after the race were really cool. Um, he definitely gained a lot of respect from me this season and and obviously this this race i think was just a a super big highlight in his career so uh for the first time since 2012 in brazil mclaren took a win uh in an f1 race and for the first time since 2010 in canada home sweet home um they go one two to end a race and what better place than monza and again if you haven't checked out my hot take from uh the february episode uh go go and uh, make sure you watch that because i'm going to keep Plugging that for myself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, as you should. That was that was a great hot take, and also the first one-two by team this season, which is crazy. Like you would have thought that either Red Bull or Mercedes would have pulled that off already, but no, only one in three so far. I guess for other teams on the podium. So yeah, it's been it's been Max
0: or Lewis basically rotating every single time, or then Esteban gets up there. Yeah, exactly. Weird weird scenarios, but yeah, it's interesting to see McLaren as the first one-two of the year. Yeah, Yeah. and no
1: other
2: team would rather see it I think mm-hmm. speaking for all of us so. that, is,
1: that is a very interesting point for sure and just to, to move on obviously to the the Mercedes boys um when we talked about you know the drivers of the day we obviously were talking about the one two with um Norris and Daniel but we also had Valtteri Bottas in the running and he started in the pit lane as previously mentioned and he had an, a massive amount of overtakes. I, I don't even remember what the final oh, yeah. total was, but he was like halfway through the field in yeah. like ten laps. Oh, it, it was, was phenomenal. He was, he was doing like Chico Perez from the back of yeah. uh, Shakir. It was it was impressive. I, I'm very excited to uh, get up tomorrow and watch the uh, top ten onboards from Monza because these overtakes and stuff that we're gonna see that weren't obviously on the broadcast right right away um, are gonna be really cool to watch. So keep an eye out for that on the F1 uh, channels, and um, his. He ended up having like a very again a good showing. We kind of touched on it earlier, but he ends up on the podium with a uh, Checo taking a five second time penalty, um, and he ends up P three with a nice mm-hmm. nice race. Uh, would have probably been driver of the day if it hadn't have been for the one two of the uh, papaya McLarens, and um,
2: yeah. So I guess you have anything else to add for Valtteri? No, I just I just yeah. I'm glad we're giving him credit because like what a drive he had, and obviously it's overshadowed by so many other things that happened today but going from p19 to the podium is insane and like mm-hmm. especially for all the valtry's been through this year he had an absolutely amazing drive today and capped off a great weekend for himself yeah and definitely contributed year. uh to his team in a in a day where obviously the other driver did not score any points
1: yeah <laughs> that's where we'll get i was actually going to segue on to so good uh good uh, teamwork there as yeah. valtry would say <laughs> but um we had lewis hamilton in another battle with Max staff and it was silverstone-esque um un- like obviously not the same setup as they were a few grid places away from each other to begin the race but um we have to talk about kind of this crazy string of events that ended up uh going down so that they could end yeah. up both coming out of the this race. The butterfly effect the of butterfly of effect was yeah, absolutely which all insane. started
0: from that Daniel yeah. Ricardo's uh in turn into turn 1. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So we'll we'll start there Daniel Ricardo turn 1. And then we also had like obviously a first really good first stint. Danny Rick pulls the trigger first and pits. McLaren has a really nice I think it was like a 2.4 second pit stop, very clean, very nice. Comes back out, Daniel's flying on his out lap to get back in. Max pits cuz he wanted to do the opposite of Daniel, so he pits in the next lap. And they had an absolute shocker. I have no idea what happened, but they had a like an eleven point one second pit that's like ten times their normal yeah. pit, like absolutely insane. Against um, like it, just to see it was so weird because you don't see that from the Red Bull pit crew. Yeah. Um, so he ends up dropping back, and he was very very upset. There was a couple of team radios where he was like furious, and obviously for good reason, as that kind of throw threw away or made it a lot harder for him to win. As we say, um, James has touched on it's it's easy. To get fast in Monza, but to overtake is another story. You get close is easy, but following and, and, and overtaking is a lot harder. So we saw, you know, Lewis was then going going into pit next, and it just so happens that his pit stop was just slow enough where he was coming down oh the pit straight, goodness. down the pit lane, back to joining the, the turn one chicane at the exact same time that Max furious max was coming down the uh flying flying down the um main straight so i mean everyone's seen it now we saw max uh come on the inside lewis try to steal the outside and max ends up flipping onto this off the sausage curb and up and over uh and literally finished on top of lewis um you know a scary moment i don't think maybe a, a lot of us noticed it right away i think it took some pictures after to really see uh, the, you know, damage that was done not only to Lewis's car, but that could have been done to him as a driver. And uh, it was pretty scary scenes, obviously, like, at the time, I don't think anyone realized it, as I just mentioned, but uh, seeing those pictures after I know, Varun, you had
2: uh, some, it was pretty, like, crazy to see. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think I was like everyone else when I saw the impact, like, I was like, Oh, Max's car is on top of Lewis. But i didn't really think too much like obviously maybe i would have been a little bit more concerned if i didn't know the halo was there um but like i mean compared to some of the other crashes we've seen this year like max and lewis coming together in silverstone um this was way on the lower end of the spectrum in terms Mm -hmm. of severity at least i thought but then yeah like you said i saw the photos from after the race and max's uh rear right right tire was literally on top of lewis's head like just barely resting there obviously protected by the halo and, um, I think if the halo hadn't been there, we could have seen some serious injuries or even on like, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but like, even, uh, like Lewis having the whole weight of Max's car on his head, which could have yeah. obviously killed him. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, thank God for the halo. And it's just crazy how like this sport, something that looks so innocent can actually be so, uh, dangerous when you take a closer look. So, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Well, and again, well, uh, for me, it was, I wasn't too worried because, we th- look at Monza, the Temple of Speed, we we see all these corners, and, you know, right in the middle of that corner, that chicane is probably the slowest part on the whole track, yeah. right? So you're not yes. thinking that an in- impact there is going to be, like, fatal or, like, potentially really hurt someone, but the fact that that Sasha's curve, like, pop Max up so high, like, he was straight airborne, like, not touching yeah. the ground, and then came right down, carbon fiber pieces on the top of, um, like, Lewis, uh, it's not a roll cage, but that piece that comes up, well, the, uh, top. the
2: top of the intake that Yeah, the posted.
1: intake, yeah So that, like, got squished And then, yeah, like Vroom mentioned That that picture of the tire hitting the back of Lewis's head Was just very cringeworthy
0: Yeah, well, it, like, he hit the sausage curb Which made him go into Lewis And then he and then popped up, up yeah. And then yeah. he rode up from there
2: Wheeled the, it, like, the tires came in contact And then that popped Max up yeah. and, mm-hmm. and on top But, like, yeah, not only the photos of Max's car On top of Lewis's head But just the photos of Lewis's car after that w12 definitely did its part to protect Lewis, but, um, the damage was there. And like, if that, if that's what can be done to an F1 car, imagine what it could it do to like a human head. So for sure. it's yeah scary to think of, but from that angle, glad everyone walked away safely. And, uh, I guess now we can talk more about the incident itself.
1: Yeah. The incident itself. I mean, obviously we've, we've, we've got a ruling from the FIA at this point where max will be handed a three place grid penalty for the next race. Um, you know, make of it what you will. There's, there's so much talk right now as to like, you know, similar to Silverstone where Lewis was penalized um, for, for the crash where only one of them was uh, booted from the race. But, you know, we see incidents like this. This is part of the sport where, you know, racing incidents are, are a thing, but also there's so much borderline ruling that goes on. And we've talked about it in previous episodes this year that it's so hard to, like, really, really, like, know what is going to be the call and what's the right call and everything like that. So, um, you know, I know we've we've talked about it during the race, but, um, you know, Max was slightly behind Lewis, as they mentioned. And James made a good point today that, I mean, you said basically you could copy and paste the FIA report from Silverstone when Lewis punted Max to, like, now when Max was slightly behind Lewis. and Yeah, you just ended literally...
0: Up from the statement they released today you just reverse the numbers and you could have pasted that as the silverstone one yeah but the only difference was lewis gets 10 second penalty max gets a three place grid penalty it's yeah. like where where is the the rhyme or reason to how they create these penalties like, yeah. it makes no sense and the only difference was cop's corner was probably four times the speed than they were doing there like w- arguably way dangerous way more dangerous mm-hmm. so it's just like where do they come up with this formula that says oh Max gets a three-place grid penalty. Lewis gets 10 seconds and gets to win the race still. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, where, where do they draw the line? And yeah. it, it, it's just, it makes no sense. Like, definitely there's blame on both sides. And it seemed like, for the most part, like the, the commentators during the race, they were even saying it was a racing incident. Brundle, like, immediately said, like, Max did nothing wrong, uh, should have been space, et cetera. And you can argue both sides. Lewis should have given him, given him space. Max probably shouldn't have been so aggro going into the corner. Yeah. And it's literally, it's, I'm just curious to see how they come up with these penalties. Cause it just makes no sense to me.
1: For sure. And I mean, a lot of the thing that they talk about when they talk about these kind of penalties is, um, you know, the, the, the punishment should fit like whatever you've made the other person lose in theory. So like, I mean the 10 second penalty from Lewis where he can still go on and win the race or like, a three place good grid penalty for max are they saying that like those are equivalent like max could easily make up like three spots in the race as much as lewis could easily make up 10 seconds in a race like there's there's that point as well um but it is just very interesting like there's not like a set rule book there's so much uh judgment that goes into these calls and uh, it's such an interesting part of this sport i uh, love it or hate it sometimes like obviously it it has to be done in certain circumstances um and yeah like you mentioned like it's going to be argued it's going to be so much drama and uh, one thing we mentioned before we we started recording uh, james and i talked about earlier was that you know we don't want to talk too much about this incident just because like it will take away from like the really cool day that happened and all the really cool emotions that happened surrounding like mclaren's and and daniel ricardo obviously his redemption um but
2: I think, yeah, we'll just leave it at that unless, Varun, you have anything to add to it, but... No, I was just going to put my take in. Like, I think it was closer to a racing incident. Like, I think more of the blame was on Max. I think we talked about the butterfly effect a bit earlier. Like, everything that went into the race leading up to that point, like, Max was obviously uh, angry, angry at his pit, at his pit stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew that that opportunity at that corner could make or break his race right there. So he was going into it with a little bit of desperation. Like, Lewis, I think, was at Cops. Um, and so for my immediate reaction seeing incident i was leaning towards um max being at blame but then again i remember thinking like i wouldn't be surprised if they chalked it down to a racing incident and didn't and didn't have anything come out of it so i was surprised at the three place grade penalty and i think like james said like it's i find it so difficult to predict what is going to come as a penalty from the fia and the stewards like mm. uh, i really have no way of knowing like i was you could have told me he got a 10 second grid or a uh, 10 second penalty like Lewiston, I wouldn't have been shocked. You could yeah. have told me there would have been no penalty. I wouldn't have been mm-hmm. shocked. And so there you go. Yeah, I wish it was just, there was more of like a rubric or like a criteria that's followed when determining these penalties. Um, so yeah, like just happy everyone walked away. It's going to add to, I guess the fire for the rest of this year in terms of the championship. Glad that it had a net zero effect on the race because they were both out of the race, obviously. Um, and I think uh, also just to cap off, like, seeing Max and Christian's reaction to it, I think they also accepted a bit of the blame just because of how, I guess, tame their reaction was in their post-race interviews. Um, Lewis also, like, um, obviously both drivers said that they, they did nothing wrong, which obviously they're going to argue that, and I don't blame them. Um, but glad to see, like, the camaraderie still a bit there. Not as much as uh, Silverstone because, you know, that was a much higher impact and more I guess, uh, emotional impact. And the driver said they'll talk about it and move on. But well, and I it think...
1: wasn't a net zero effect either, right? Like, one guy still stayed in the race in Silverstone, so that was a big thing. Yeah, exactly. That, that was right. why emotions, emotions were high, right? Exactly. Like,
2: a lot of the emotions came from, like, Lewis celebrating and stuff like that. But... For sure. But I think, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see how the rest of the season goes in terms of this battle. Yeah. And happy they both walked away. Yeah, for sure. And there's always just that one
0: thought about the FIA. You don't know what's really driving them. Because if you go back to that Senna and Prost incident in Japan when they both ran into each other and then Senna ends up winning he gets his car back onto the track wins the race and then they said you're disqualified cuz you should have entered back onto that straight and ends up making backed up yeah Europe, yeah go yeah. back into traffic to rejoin the track instead of going off on the runoff what is the whole point of that lane you never know what the politics is behind of it behind it and which way they're going to end up siding but uh, it, there's some shady stuff going with FIA that has been in the past, so you never know what's going to happen. But yeah. it also, Max is trying to get that grid penalty away from his new engine, which seems like it's going to be the optimal time to do it.
1: Yeah, they were talking about Sochi being an optimal time in general, if even before all this. If you three-place grid penalty, you might as well just take it. Take at the, the, the other same time. 28 pieces of grid piece penalty, or grid place penalty. Like when There's, you replace all these parts, you get like 20 places or whatever. Yeah, but, exactly. So yeah. just
0: take it all at once and yeah. move on. So it could end up being just the perfect time for rebel to just get all these pieces yeah. changed, especially they probably got a little bit of work to do on the car. Anyways, so yeah, might as well just sure. do it all at once. And they,
1: again, they were talking about doing that for Sochi uh, anyways, because yeah. there is certain races where, you know, you're going to have to take penalties and Sochi's a track where there is um, uh, ability to move through the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike, you know, Hungary or something like that. So um, yeah, all in all, again, like we're glad everyone walked away safe. We're excited for the rest of this season I think at the end of the day like this will come out in the wash with when the when you talk about the emotional side of things like a lot these guys are professionals but at the end of the day there's so much drama and stuff you'll read on on social media that you got to kind of cloud out because we've had conversations about it in the past but it's just not worth not worth like fighting with people about that you can't change the outcomes of this kind of thing and certain people are like fans of certain drivers and then they'll side certain ways and it is what it is. Um, so yeah, just keep it. Keep keep our eyes on the point total. That's where I like to say. I, I love to look at the constructors standings and say, listen, these are what these guys have earned so far, and this is where the title sits. It doesn't matter what's happened. They got to keep going till the end of the season and Abu Dhabi will be the kind of tell all whenever we can see the end of the point, the points at the end of that race. So yep.
0: speaking of points, though, it's confirmed Mazepin is officially out of the World Driver Championship.
1: Oh, you can't win it? It's mathematically out. Uh, I was going to put man, money, on him. money on him. So. I know. I was going to put money on him like because he was like the good payout, you know, oh. <laughs> value to value for your money. Yeah. I mean, you should have done it before Monza, but yeah, it's officially up. That's now, a real so. shocker, actually. You
2: know, I, I, I had high uh, expectations had, for him coming into this year.
1: Oh, he's been so, he's been such a joy to have in the Formula 1 this year, too. It's been, he's just been a great teammate. He's been quick. He's been fun. Oh, good oh, off the track as well. Great like, oh, off yeah. the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, so. no
2: better uh, rags to riches
1: stories in F1. Yeah. No rags to riches. Yeah, if you yeah, guys totally. don't get all that Canadian sarcasm with uh, whatever, maybe you don't, you don't understand our Canadian accents or something, but that was straight sarcasm. Uh, this guy's an absolute clown and <laughs> yeah. we're not going to let him take up any of our episode either. Cause he doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve it. So uh, we'll keep moving through the grid here, guys. We obviously got to talk about the hometown boys, the uh, Tafosi, uh, the um, Ferrari. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Ferraris, they were, uh, you know, I think for me overall, when you look at their weekend, um, their package isn't really built for this kind of power hungry circuit yet um mm-hmm. and the fact that they were able to you know start st- um finish in the top 6 both ferraris at the end of it they went through absolute like uh like mountains to climb i yeah, felt like charles was the entire charles weekend. and yeah. carlos were both battling carlos had another shunt in practice <sighs> um which you know he's crashing as much as yuki Sonoda at this point and uh, <laughs> it's very very uh, you know tough to watch sometimes but these ferrari crews working they're ma- they're earning their paychecks they certainly are, and uh, you know the the strategy teams are as well because they're getting their tires right, and they seem to be at least getting the pace down. Uh, for the race, they're sticking together too, which is nice. They're, you know, they're one of the teams that the two drivers are usually right right around each other. Uh, it's been kind of like that all year, so it's been nice to see that. Um, you know, obviously overshadowed by an absolutely epic weekend from McLaren, but. Uh, you know, the, the Tifosi can't be too upset with two of their uh, drivers finishing in the top six. Uh, I think that's, you know, Carlos, or sorry, uh, Charles very easily could have had a podium if things were a little bit different uh, as well. Like he was right there at the end. He, he could have had a chance to um, be there and um, if anything happened. But overall, I think decent weekend for Ferrari. Uh, anything
2: to add or, for you guys? or No, I mean, like, yeah, I saw from Charles's is- post-race interview, he was, you know, you could tell he was, despite, like, having a decent finish in the race, he was a bit upset because um, he wishes there's more he could have extracted out of the car, especially in a place where he's won before, mm-hmm. um, and, like, at home for them, so, yeah, hopefully Ferrari can uh, adjust a little bit, but, um, yeah, it was interesting to see Charles a bit disappointed despite, like, a relatively good result for the team. Yeah, for sure. And,
1: oh, excuse me, it's been a long week out here for the boys in Canada, uh, but we've got Moving on to the next team within the top 10. We had another decent showing from uh, the Alpine boys. They had Fernando Alonso, who just continues to make overtakes uh, this season. He's in the top three for most overtakes this season. Finishes in P8. And then uh, Esteban Ocon also, also finishes in the points in P10. Quiet race for them. I don't think we had too much really of note uh, when it comes to them. But they're doing well. I mean, they kind of picked up where Renault left off last year. They're kind of getting... Uh, some solid points, solid qualifying. They have a race win, obviously, which was unexpected this year, uh, but pretty cool. Uh, I mean, we always talk about their livery looks beautiful, so it's good to see them doing well. I don't uh, think we saw them once during the race. I don't think we ever saw them, no. Because um, it was just so tight
0: at the front, and obviously that whole issue with Max and Lewis, but, exactly, yeah, I, I mean, good result for them getting points on the board.
1: And then we had Lance Troll as well. We can't skip over him. P7, he, uh, has, he's been dying for a quiet weekend, I feel like. And uh, he was able to have that. I think he was, he had, there was a little in, uh, incident that he was being investigated for, but he ends up coming home in P7. So decent result for him. We also had George Russell collecting a couple more points for Willios in the P9 slot. P9 slot, which is nice to see. Obviously, he's moving to the big team next year, so getting a couple more points under his belt is always good.
2: Yeah, and like also, I mean, overshadowed again by... How crazy this race was But Williams Just like Scoring points this year Just great to see Three of the last yeah. four Yeah
1: Definitely if we were To go back And t- we talk about Our good predictions uh, Talk about Williams We definitely did not Expect this uh, Obviously the yeah, podium We thought
0: we were, they were Going to eco one race Yeah or They exactly. could get something but <laughs> Yeah George Russell yeah, goes- His consistency We definitely were not Expecting but you know, We'll still give ourselves The
1: pat on the back exactly. For calling uh, points on the board i mean it doesn't matter whatever hot take i'd get wrong i got i literally got called monza and mclaren so um i'm gonna be wearing this on my uh chest for the rest of my life probably so i should get a tattoo or something <laughs> <laughs> for daniel ricardo's win but uh we had you i mean the, get ba- the
0: same one that Ciro lebitable needs to
1: still get yeah what is he doing with his life <sighs> who knows
2: looking for a tattoo parlor. Oh, I see.
1: So we had the back half of the grid was kind of quiet. Uh, that's why I threw that yawn in there. That was actually uh, just, a <laughs> for, just for a, dra- for drama. Um, but we had Nicholas Latifi. And then we kind of had, for the Aston Martins, we had Vettel kind of swap with Stroll, where I feel like he was in Stroll's normal position where he was just like all over the racetrack. He was getting into bumps and stuff like that with a lot of drivers. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi, again, had a good qualification, as we mentioned. But... Uh, unfortunately the Romeos pace in the race just isn't there was really that there. incident
0: with Carlos. And
1: he did have an incident with Carlos. Lost that's the right. front wing Lost, off the start. He did. That is right. But we uh, would have been interesting to see, I guess how quick, how close they would have stuck yeah, to the he Ferraris. S- he split the
0: Ferraris to start it
1: off. So like he was really
0: trying to get something going. And then we found out he joined the racetrack unsafely. And then Carlos rammed right in behind him. So he just yeeted giovanazzi right off the track yeah he was just saying hello to the Tefosi a little bit closer than normal <laughs> and then got the five second penalty on top of
1: it so that yeah. sent him to the back but at least he beat kibitza he did beat kibitza who uh, again was able to finish he was cr- he did every lap 53 laps of this race yeah uh, it's more than he's uh he has higher in the driver's standings than Nikita Mazepin on countback, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, is Robert Kubica technically uh, out of the the World Drivers Championship uh, race? Do we think? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, might be a little underdog bet to throw in there, but um, then we obviously had Mick Schumacher who pff, had to battle again with his teammate. His teammate spun him around um, and ends, but he obviously ends up coming home. Um, you know, with the full race distance completed more laps made with uh done for him which is great to see and he's just totally making mazman look like even more of a clown than he already mm-hmm. is so it's good to see uh him you know quietly getting getting uh he wasn't even lapped he was able to finish all 53 uh laps of this race which is uh, probably a first this season i would imagine or really close to it yeah hungry might have been another time i think he was he was able to finish uh, all the race laps I think s- as well Oh, yeah, Spa with the three-lap race. That's true. Yeah, That was a long one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and then we had the rest of the DNFs, obviously, with uh, Pierre Gasly, Max Verstappen, and Lewis Hamilton. And Yuki Tsunoda was not even able to start the race with uh, mechanical issues, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, very tough tough weekend for AlphaTauri. Obviously, a, a coin or a, a 180 from, from last season's uh, heroics. But all in all, boys, I mean, the McLaren Masterpiece, that the dive bomb podcast called is, uh, came true. So, uh, they call me the crystal ball. James, James sent me a couple <laughs> of gifts that I was a little dog with a crystal ball. So I'll, I'll keep trying to, trying to throw that stuff out there. Um, I mean, it, this is just a lot of fun. It's really cool. when we can, we can <laughs> speculate this kind of stuff. And then, you know obviously, we know that we can't see the future and we we don't know everything about the sport we're very we I think we've always been very humble with that, but it has been very fun and it's really cool that we got we got to call something like that so uh this race was epic this is why you don't sleep in on Sunday mornings even when you're hungover with when you're in uh, Canada but um yeah boys all in all the this has been one of my favorite race weekends of the year. I almost cried watching Daniel there on the podium the Uh, you know he's back he said that multiple times he's back the shoe he never left he never left yes he was was just he was just hiding never left yeah for sure and I I think we should just probably end this uh, episode with a little shoey. talk about the shoeies it was really cool to see you know uh, we 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 joke that like Lando looks like he's like 16 when he's up there on the podium but like watching him like smile and do a shoey is hilarious he made some funny Instagram posts after saying like that Daniel has stinky feet (laughs) and uh, stuff like that and then they talked in the press conference after the race that Valtteri, we were all waiting for Valtteri to do the shoey and then he he was able to just kind of like be in the background the whole time and didn't have to do one. Uh, but he's it was pretty funny to hear them joke about it. So Daniel says next time he's going to make him do it for sure. Yeah, it's
2: funny because you think maybe Valtteri wants to try and start avoiding the podiums when Daniel's around. Uh, but yeah, it was great to see Lando partake in the shui with Daniel. Uh, I'm not surprised today considering how... Much of a fun guy Lando is, and yeah, and Zach Brown as well. Yeah, Zach Brown being up there on the podium with them, it was just so amazing to see. Like we can't mm. emphasize it enough. um It's been so long since we've seen Daniel Ricardo on the podium, let alone on the first step of the podium,
1: or even just like you could be like, "This is a great race, Daniel." Too exactly. So, so yeah. we
2: felt it was coming. I think all of us at the back of our minds knew that, despite how tough it's of a season it's been for him and a learning curve for him at a new team, that he could come around. He still is a potentially still a great driver. And, like, for me, one of my favorite drivers on my favorite team, seeing mm. it um, definitely took, ba- took away a bit of the pain of uh, the hangover. And, <laughs> uh, I was watching on my laptop in bed. Unfortunately, couldn't uh, move a muscle to get, get my way over to Aaron's to watch this one with the boys. But, um, yeah, this race cheered me right up. And from the moment it started, like, I actually turned it on right when um, they were finishing the formation lap. And uh, the first thing I could see with my eyes barely open was Daniel Ricardo diving down. Um, and taking the lead into turn one so yeah
1: Yeah. and he never led up till the last he got he got the fastest lap on lap 53 the final lap of the race so absolute masterclass from daniel and we're going to be sure to you know stick to the socials and see the unboxed uh, mclaren video
2: behind the scenes it'll be epic for this week i'm sure it'll take a while for them to edit and put all that stuff together but it was actually funny because i was thinking about unboxed as well in the post-race celebrations i saw what i presume to be the guy who films them like trying to make his way into the celebrations with his camera and getting absolutely tossed around with how <laughs> nuts everyone's going. So I'm sure I don't know if that part's gonna get edited out, but we we know Unboxed uh, likes to show it how it is. So
1: yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, boys, uh, we got two weeks off. This is the end of the the end of the triple header, so we got two weeks off before uh, Russia, Sochi, and. Uh, the championship battle continues, obviously no blood at the top of the standings, but we have McLaren taking a nice little lead in P3 in the constructors and Valtteri adding to the total of uh, Mercedes slightly a little, uh, little higher than than Checo did for Red Bull. But all in all, it's just it's continuing to be an epic year uh, for 2021. We, we didn't expect to see this. We thought 2022 would be the most competitive year we'd see. And this year has been better than expected. So uh i mean we'll again sign off you gotta check out my hot take i'm just last time i gotta pin that in there but um thanks for all the support over the last few podcasts it's been uh awesome to hear some feedback from you guys so make sure you follow us on instagram at dive bomb podcast and follow our partners over at project dive bomb uh it's been a pleasure boys and we'll see you in sochi ciao